0: Welcome to SHINE, a child and youth development podcast brought to you by Catalyst Family, Inc. I'm Valerie Kelly, and with me is my co-host, Allie Ladio. If
1: you are a parent, teacher, or work in a childcare setting, our podcast is for you. On SHINE, we interview experts in child and youth development, share helpful parenting resources and advice, and provide you with inspiring stories as well as practical advice for supporting your family, community, classroom, and beyond.
0: Thank you for tuning into this episode of Shine, inspiring conversations around children, family and early child development. This podcast is presented to you by Catalyst Family Inc, parent company of Catalyst Kids. Catalyst is the largest nonprofit childcare organization in California and we encourage children's unique development through play-based learning, Support busy families through quality care and strengthen communities by providing a safe place for every child to thrive. Offering daycares, preschools, and after-school programs, camps, and beyond. Find us at CatalystKids.org. Today
1: we'll be speaking with Stephanie Collette, a nutrition and health educator at Catalyst Family for over 20 years. We're talking about the importance of family meals, helping your kids form lifelong healthy eating habits, and how and why to get kids involved in the kitchen early, as well as some practical tips for getting those healthy foods in. And be sure to check out the show notes after the episode. Stephanie was kind enough to leave us with some really fun recipes that your kids will surely want to get involved with. Hi, Stephanie. Thank you for joining us today. Oh, thank you. Good afternoon, Allie. Thank you so much for joining um, us on the podcast here. I'd love to just start off by asking you to introduce yourself, if you don't mind. Um, what's your role, and um, you know what brings you to this conversation
2: today? Sure. Yeah. My well, my name is Stephanie Colette, and I work for Catalyst Family, Catalyst Kids. Um, I oversee the the South County's region, and currently overseeing the Ventura and Oxnard. Um, I work as the nutrition and health educator. I've been here for roughly a little over twenty years. Um, and I can say, like every day has you know just been a new day as I come to work. That's
1: great. Thank you so much for for joining us. We've been excited to dive into this topic on the podcast. It's certainly something that um, is meaningful in my life every day. I've got the two little ones, a five year old and an almost three year old, and uh, just the whole, battle over the meals as a daily occurrence, <laughs> trying to decide each week how much effort I want to put into getting them to eat something green or not. <laughs> um, so we're excited to dive in a little bit and just talk about family meals and nutrition with kids and forming good habits. Um, so thank you for get, for coming. I'd Absolutely. love to um, ask you to share a little bit about your overarching uh, philosophy when it comes to nutrition, just some um yours Or maybe it's Catalyst, just a little bit about, in general, how do we look at that?
2: Sure. And so, you know, I was thinking about this and really, you know, our philosophy here at Catalyst Family and and Catalyst Kids and even personally has always been providing children in our childcare centers um, with a foundation for developing positive attitudes towards food uh, and really just creating those lifelong uh, healthy eating habits. And, um, you know, you'll see that in a variety of ways of our center. You know, we can talk about that a little bit later, but really just, you know, having that, you know, that um, positive attitude, that good approach, um, really trying to take away that struggle kind of as you spoke about with, you know, your three-year-old and five-year-old is trying to break down those barriers to really give those children that good nutrition and that opportunity to, to learn to make good decisions for themselves.
1: Yeah, that's great. And I know one thing that comes to mind is just the differences and how I'm trying to kind of treat this as opposed to the way um, that I remember uh, learning about nutrition and meals as a child. So I'm actually curious if you um, could speak to how that's different. Like if this, if there's sort of new trends and how this is going compared to the eighties, let's say not to, not to age myself. (laughs) Um, yeah. Do you notice any big differences in that?
2: Sure. You know, and I, and I can go a little bit deeper into the seventies, um, with with my age range, but you know, you know, thinking back and, and with my experience here in, in, you know, our nutrition program and visiting all the centers, the approach, I think, unfortunately has changed a little bit, um, you know, on the, on the, You know, not such good side for children. I think we're in such a rush now. You know, I don't know about you, but I remember family meals. That was five nights a week. That was just an expectation. Um, You know, the family, all of us had our role. I think today we're so busy with activities, and uh, you know, ever, you know, we have the parents both are working, um, and it just, you know, doesn't really allow that time for us to slow down. So. I, you know, if you go back and look, um, you know, unfortunately, I hate to, you know, I, I remember reading this article about like the family um, dining table is, you know, disappearing. And, you know, if you truly think about that and you think about how many times, you know, if you take a survey, how many times you actually sit down and eat with your family, you know, what would that look like today compared to, you know, back in the 80s or, or 70s? Definitely. That's,
1: that strikes the chord for sure. I... Um, I know my, my dining table is literally disappearing under crafts and it's also <laughs> my desk and it's also covered with all the projects that are happening at the house. So it's hard in any given night to get it in shape to eat at. So that's actually more of a project and I agree it's becoming less of a priority. So I'd love to learn more about what um, the importance of family meals. And if you um, just have any, have any thoughts on what that can do for uh, nutrition habits for kids?
2: Yeah, definitely. You know, and I think unfortunately right now, you know, the pandemic for, for us, the Catalyst kids, it, it's really put a wrench into our traditional way of feeding children. Um, you know, it's it, uh, ideally in, you know, a traditional sense, the children would come to Catalyst and we would they would eat as a family, meaning they would sit together, have, con- you know, conversation, they would pass bowls. Um, one of the great things about eating together in that way and allowing the children to serve themselves is, is they get an understanding of what their satiety level is when they're full. Um, you know, sometimes you may have you know heard this growing up or you may, you know, maybe have relatives, it's you know, you know, you've you've had too much or you don't need to eat all that, where you know, we really want the child to hone in on their level of fullness. Um, And really have that control. We're having instead of having that parent telling you know take two more bites or you know you've eaten too much, Um, and you know unfortunately like I said with with COVID we've really had to stop that. I'm hoping that eventually we'll be able to get you know maybe you know in the in the next few months back to that because it really does make a difference and you know and that's one reason why it's so important for families to really try to have those meals together because. You know, like I said, right now with with the COVID um, pandemic, we've had to really put a like a pause on that. Um, And, you know, those family meals are just like a perfect opportunity to slow down. I mean, you think of all the time that you're plugged in, your children in front of, you know, computers all day um, and really just, you know, kind of just (laughs) de-stress. I know mealtime can be a little stressful at times, um, but that's where the conversation happens. Um, and we create that time for parents to check in with the child. You know, we're rush, rush, rush. But even if we take 10, 15 minutes to eat as a family, um, you know, and you had shared, you know, your your dining room table may have the crafts and the, uh, you know, the artwork and such. And, you know, it really doesn't have to be around a table. Maybe it's, you know, you lay a blanket out on the, you know, the living room floor or, or you know, outside, it just coming together, even standing around a table, you know, that still counts as eating together. Maybe not so the traditional sense, but we see in you know TVs or or movies where they're sitting so pleasantly at the table. (laughs) Right. Yeah, I can see that oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, and I I just wanted to share too, there's quite a bit of research. I mean, if you just Google like the benefits of family style meal services, um, I mean I'm sorry, family style meals, it's unbelievable all the, you know, the proven benefits. And one thing that's huge, which I think is so important is really it helps lower the chance of childhood obesity. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. and and that's you know says volumes for you know as we move into adulthood. Um, but it also helps build self esteem, and then also can help lower the child's stress level, especially today. You know, with everything going on and such the you know the, the, the pressing issues that children are seeing and hearing you know throughout the day.
1: Definitely, that that makes a lot of sense to me. I feel like I'm just just imagining it, the the chance for the kids to eat, see their parents eating and see everyone kind of take that deep breath and just enjoy a meal. Um, it, I can just sense what that would, what that would do. And so just like everything else with parenting, it's sort of a matter of prioritizing a new, what might be a new habit. So that's, um, and that can be tricky, especially, um, well, just with everything going on, everyone has their different seasons that are really busy. So could you, let's just talk about some tangible examples or ways for busy parents to help, um, to help give this a try. Say, let's say you are really hectic and busy and you're, let's say it's a family that's not used to having that family meal together. Um, can we talk about some ways to that, you know, some tangible ways that folks could make that happen?
2: Sure. Yeah. You know, and really making it work it want, It does take commitment like anything, you know, you're putting, you're investing in your family and, you know, it's, it's just going to take a little bit of time. Um, I think one thing is so important, um, is to really set the expectations before you do the family, especially if you have older children. Uh, you know, I, I have, a, I have an 18 year old right now and, and, you know, I'm sure even, you know, with, with teens or preteens, you know, they're, they're constantly connected to that phone. So when we come to that table, that expectation is that that phone is, you know, not not close by, not on silent. It's in another room. Um, and we have everyone come to the table because if you're having, you know, sister in the bedroom and, you know, dad watching TV, it's it's really defeating the purpose. So really setting those clear expectations. You know Everyone comes to the table. You know, we just unplug for just a little bit. I mean, if you think about a family meal is not going to really take too long, but that investment or that short amount of time really have a lot of benefits. Um, And you know, and then one other thing also too, and we practice this at Catalyst when they come to the table is we wait till you know everyone is finished. uh, You know, so we're not running off and and such. And then also kind of the biggest thing I think that would be really helpful is just ensuring that the children are coming to the table hungry. Uh, You know, I know we have a lot of like grazers and a lot of snackers out there. And if, yeah. you know, we're not creating that, you know, time for a snack and we're allowing the children to continually graze, and then we expect them to come to the table and participate in the family meal, you're, you're really kind of being, you know, defeating your, your intentions and, you know, it's going to cause a little bit of frustration. And that with really, little ones. yeah, especially <laughs> with <laughs> little not- ones. <laughs>
1: And they love snacks. For a while, I had to only get them to eat. I told them we were having snacks for dinner. It was the same food, but I called it snacks. That worked mm-hmm. for a little bit. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. I know, I know. And it and it's it's hard too because as a parent, and I and I still worry about this too, is like, is my son eating enough? I mean, he's 18, for goodness sake. Like he, he can tell me, but it's just, I think something, you know, internally, it's you know, you want to make sure that every need is met of your child, and but it doesn't have to be continuously meeting that snack need. Um, so, you know, really doing that, um, also some things that you could do is really have the children participate in the experience, whether it's, you know, your, your three-year-old, maybe she's learning numbers and she can count out, we're going to have, we need five forks or, you know, five napkins, uh, where your older child, maybe, you know, you give her the opportunity as we're going to have a vegetable and we have these two vegetables to choose from. So you make the choice of the food and then she can help, you know, kind of, you know, make that you know identify what we're going to have uh, right. so and I think another thing too that I and I can kind of say this for myself I, I like a clean home and when my son was younger he would make a mess and it's like you have to realize that you know a mess is going to happen um, and just really kind of forego that perfection just let the child you know lead them and guide them to 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 do a job at, at their you know developmental level should I say
1: Right. Yes. Yeah, so you have to sort of be willing to let go of the reins a little bit. That's been happening lately because my little one's obsessed with cracking the eggs. And oh. <laughs> uh, you know, some days are, yes, you can help me make the eggs days and some are not, <laughs> but I just, I, I definitely let her sometimes and it's a risk, but it's, it's been yes. fun. I've gotten her more engaged. Um, those are great tips. Thank you so much. I think I'm, I definitely, my wheels are turning on how we could some of those incorporated at our house. They do love helping with cooking and depending on the day, it's, um, if it's really hectic and you just feel like you need to get some food on the table. Mm-hmm. Uh, it might not be the day for them to help, but I really, I might, I might try some, you know, having certain days be help mom in the kitchen days where, so we all expect it, and you know, kind of creating those habits, um, and routines like that can be really helpful. Um, thank you so much. I'd love to, um, you know, as you were, as you were talking, I was thinking about, how you know in busy times I sort of forego the, um, you know I'm not going to worry about ma- getting them to eat vegetables. They sometimes they're better at it, sometimes they're not. But um, it is something that I think a lot of parents think about. You know we want them to eat their fruits and vegetables, and they just don't like them, especially the little ones. Um, so do you have any tips for specifically that question? The vegetables, the healthy food. <laughs> <How do> we- <laughs>
2: Yes, I think this is every parent's like just, you know, they, they, they feel like there's a special secret. There's an answer to this. There's and, yeah. <laughs> um, and what w- you know, a couple of things that I, I suggest and recommend is, you know, there's some things to think about is, is one thing is, is try to stay away from coercing. I, I hear this sometimes, you know, if I'm out and about or at a friend's house um and they'll mention you know you can have 5 more minutes of your ipad if you know you finish you know your your broccoli or you know you can't have our dessert until you finish this and and i think when you put pressure or you know more emphasis on one like the reward then they're really not they're really not eating the food for themselves they're eating it for you and when it comes to eating we really want the children to eat for themselves And I know, you know, growing up, I had that clean your plate um, (laughs) mother. (laughs) And unfortunately, when you do that, it overrides the child's decision how much to eat. And, you know, I really, I mean, thankfully, you know, I'm just kind of, I'm, I'm, I'm small framed, you know, just from the nature of my family genetics, but there's times when I I would realize like I'm, I'm done eating, but I'm still eating because, you know, I, I have that, like, you have to finish. It's kind of ingrained in you. So I really encourage parents to, you know, kind of maybe look at how you were taught or your practices growing up and, and just see if that's the the way that you want to go. Um, But also too, when it comes to vegetables or any type of new food, you know, I think a lot of, of us don't realize that the research shows it could take up to 15 exposures to a new fruit or vegetable. And, and that's not saying in those 15 times, they're going to put it in their mouth. They might put it on their plate. They may touch it. They may smell it. Uh, you know, so I, do, I would say, don't give up. Uh, I, I do see this at centers when I go visit for, you know, to, to, to oversee the nutrition program and I'll, I'll say, Hey, have you tried this new vegetable? Oh no, the kids aren't going to like it. We're going to waste their money. Well, how about you purchase it small, you know, maybe just do a little taste test or something. It's, it, expose it to them small. You don't have to go big, you know, go big or go home. You can, you know, try small little things. Um, And another technique that really helps, and this has been around for a while, is provide it with some food that you know they're going to eat. So, you know, if you have a new vegetable, but, you know, maybe the children love, you know, a a fruit, just kind of, you know, um, you know, have it come together. So at least, you know, they've been exposed to it, but they still have something else to enjoy should they not, you know, decide to eat that.
1: That's great. I actually, I am I, grateful for my daughter's experience at the Catalyst Centers because they have been able, been exposed to different vegetables there that I kind of forgot about. One, one month, my daughter decided her favorite vegetable was squash and I hadn't cooked that in ages. <laughs> and it was thanks to Catalyst. They also have really been able to learn how to just eat what's in front of them. And like you said, finish a meal together. So um, that's, it's, it's really helpful when you have that sort of partnership in your child care. Um, that's been super helpful for us. And um, I have tried that to sort of having their a safety food while I kind of sneak something on and not making a big deal out of the fact that there's Brussels sprouts <laughs> on the plate to sort of see, see what they do. Um, and then you're happily surprised when they just, you know, Eat all of some new vegetable. That's like the best feeling ever. As a as a mom, mm-hmm. um, good. Thank you so much. I'm going to try some of that. Um, and we did talk a little bit about getting kids involved in the kitchen, but can we speak a little bit more to that and just ideas for ways to get kids involved and maybe even suggestions for snacks that you can work on or sort of easier dishes that you could work on for um, with with kiddos just to maybe some fire some listeners out there.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's funny. And there's, I am kind of known as um, Chef Steph at several of the centers. I've done a lot of, you know, Zoom cooking. Um, I love cooking with kids. That's like one of my passions. And they just get so excited. And I feel so bad when I'm going for another, you know, opportunity at the center. And they say, what are we cooking, today?" I'm like, oh, darn it. I forgot to tell you. (laughs) It's not (laughs) (laughs) Chef Stephanie today. Um, But one of the things that's so important that, you know, sometimes we forget is, is around safety. So you want to just make sure that, you know, the children know, you know the, you know, the safety of a kitchen and, you know, even though, you know, they may be using knives and, and, you know, vegetable peelers and such that they're tools and, you know, they're not treated as a toy. Um, so that's real important to kind of just establish and teach those children, you know, what, what they can do and what they cannot do without supervision. Um, and and I, I'd start small, I'd start on the weekend, especially because that's when, you know, hopefully you have a little bit more time. I mean, the last thing you want to do when you go home, I mean, I should just, only speaking for myself is to teach, you know, a, you know, a, my child how to make something when it's, you know, I've had a long day and just getting homework done and such, um, you know, so that weekend, you know, you really have a little bit less stress. Um, And similar to what you were sharing, you know, the cracking the eggs, you know, really just, you know, if you're making pancakes, the child could be cracking the eggs. Or, you know, if you have a child that's learning to read, they could read the recipe. So there's so many things you can, you know, stretch and go beyond just, you know, really just creating that food. Um, But one thing I will suggest is for the snacks. I mean, even if, you know, a lot of people realize, you know, or don't realize, I they think of a snack, it's like, oh, it's a bag of goldfish or it's, you know, a couple crackers. It could be a mini meal. And our, our menus, our snack menus are a great resource for parents because uh, it's going to mimic the foods that they've already been exposed to. Um, and so, you okay. know, like you were talking about your child, it's our responsibility at Catalyst is, is, you know, not only to introduce them the foods that they know, but also introduce them to new, you know, new foods um, that are out there. And of course, expect a mess. Like I said, you know, messes can be cleaned up and forgot about. But those memories you're going to make in the kitchen, they'll, they'll 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 last a you know a lifetime.
1: That's that's a good, great point too. I um I realize one thing. I'm I'm trying to look through my kitchen lately and think about the funny, interesting tools I have because they're really into kind of checking out the cupboards and being like, what's this for? What's this for? So, um, you know, we made our first apple pie together and she was able to use the apple peeler spinner thing that people have. That Uh was a blast. I mean, she made a total disaster mess all over the place, (laughs) but she could not get enough. She did all the apples, which was really fun. Um, So I've been trying, I was like, what else do I have that's weird in here? I got to find my other weird (laughs) kitchen tools. Um, And I was a little nervous at first about the peeler, but she's, uh, my five-year-old can really peel a, um, peel a potato now. You know, I was worried oh, she was going to get her hand, but that took a little practice. And they've got some great tools out there too now, you know, like plastic mm-hmm. knives that still can cut or serrated, but a little bit less sharp, things like that.
2: Um, yeah, absolutely. You can find a lot of those things that, you know, they're, they mimic adult tools, but they're, you know, that child size. So they're, they're perfect, you know, to look at those. Some of our centers have some of those, but you know, maybe far and few between, but definitely you could, you know, just Google, you know, child size, um, you know, utensils.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. That's great. (laughs) We did just, we had one of those great, um, toddler learning, um, towers, you know, like a good stool with sort of a barrier, but now she's Mm -hmm. old enough that we could, um, just upgrade to like a big kid's stool, but (laughs) whatever can help them kind of be up at the, um, shelf with, at the counter with me is, has been really great too. Although I need two, because once one wants yeah. to be in the kitchen, other yeah. one wants to be in the kitchen. And then it's just a total disaster, but we try our best. Um, thank you. Those are some some great thoughts there. Um, and one thing, you know, things that come up recently, was a little bit of birthday season around here. It felt like every every child has a birthday. And so there's birthday cake every weekend. Then suddenly they're asking for candy and sugar every night. There can be these little seasons in our lives where that comes up a lot. And we try to have not too much sugar in our house, but sometimes I just feel like it's all over the place. So do you have any tips or thoughts on our, um, you know, on just those sugar-filled times? Like how much is enough? Should we try to keep it held back? Just how do we find the balance?
2: Uh, I know this, it's quite hard, especially when you're, you know, you're being invited to, you know, birthday parties or gatherings and you don't really have so much control of what food's going to be offered. A uh, couple things you could think about too is you know before you go to these parties or celebrations is 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 provide the child your child with you know maybe some fruits or vegetables or you know some protein to kind of fill them up, up a little bit so when they get to the party it's not like ah there's all the cookies and all there's the cakes so their tummy is is you know kind of like half full but still they're gonna want you know you want them to participate and experience the the birthdays but you're right it it it's it's a balance um, you know, thinking about, you know, is this something that we would consistently eat every day? No, you know, here's, you know, or, you know, here's a celebration that's going to happen. And, you know, maybe just kind of cutting down on, you know, the, the portion that we would give to the child. Um, uh, I, th- I think it's a little hard with, like I said, all the excitement and, you know, a lot of our, you know, traditions, of course they are around food, but, you know, even maybe if you had a, a party and um, you know, or providing something, you could try a healthy alternative. I, I still remember my son, I think it was, it was a hundred days of school and everyone had to bring something. And I made I had him bring a hundred um, nectarines and he was, so mad because he wanted the candies (laughs) and sugar cookies and you know in my mind I was you know trying to be you know kind of balance it out where he was just like he just he still brings it up every so often but
1: he's he's like mom we have to be the healthy family
2: (laughs) I know no they'll they'll understand your good intentions as they as they get older
1: exactly
2: (laughs) That's great. That's
1: really helpful. That, that comes up around here a lot where, and it's a slippery slope and it happens with adults too. You can, yeah. you know, I've gone total sugar-free for a month or so, but then sometimes no. if you start having some sugar, you just, all of a sudden you, we want more. It's so yes. addictive for everybody. Um, so really yeah, yeah, I appreciate those tips. I, I, we had recently had a birthday. And there was all sorts of healthy snacks on the table, but of course, all they wanted were the goldfish and the, um, and the cake. And mm-hmm. I really appreciate your advice. I was like thinking I should have definitely given her an apple on the way that would have helped. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much. Um, and that, you know, just that, that sort of does remind me about just the American diet right now in general, and sort of people's inclination for mm-hmm. just, the, there's a lot of things you face, um, in the grocery aisles with decisions to make and the um, sugar and everything and all sorts of different diet things. Could you, if, if you had one thing you could change about the American diet or just the, the mentality that everyone has right now around food, what would you, what would you change? What do you think is the biggest issue right now?
2: You know, uh, uh, to be honest with you, you know, I, I, I think the biggest issue right now is, you know, is, is really, making, you know, nutritious foods more affordable, you know, especially in the lower income, um, areas. It's, it's, it's unfortunate that, you know, you could feed a family of four, you know, McDonald's, but, you know, you go into the grocery store and you couldn't even fill, you know, a bag full of healthy foods. And, you know, especially today with, with how the price of everything is skyrocket, I, I could just imagine, you know, you know, food budgeting is, is a concern for families. Um, You know, I just, it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Like I said, you know, why, you know, this, you know, such, you know, big portions, you know, are, are, are cheaper than, you know, serving some, you know, some whole grains or some, you know, vegetables and such. And when it comes to feeding your family, are you thinking, do you want to, you know, make sure that the children are full or they have, you know, eating healthy? And so that's, that's hard choice for some families to make. You know, and I think, you know, like you said, when you walk down the grocery aisle, I mean, there's goodness, there's like 200 choices of cereal. And, you know, how, how do you make that determination of, of what is and, you know, what's the best one and the price? I mean, it's it's really overwhelming, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I, I think for me, you know, when it comes to the American diet, I, you know, it's, 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 you know, if we could just <laughs> kind of take everyone back to, you know, childhood and, and really. Provide them with like a positive, healthy attitude towards food because as, as you get older and, you know, it's those decisions that we make, you know, could have been, you know, maybe if maybe if we had healthier choices or maybe if we were had more access to healthier foods, Just, you know, with with habits, it's, you know, habits are hard to break, um, you know, especially if we've been eating a certain way for a long time. So. Um, and, and, also I think like the fad diets, I think everyone thinks we have to, you know, eliminate something from our diet to be healthy. And I, I don't think that's necessarily the case. I think you can make still good decisions, but just, you know, in, informed decisions, uh, you know, by just having a little bit of, you know, education or reading up on it. Uh, but yeah, definitely. I, I, I don't know if I could pinpoint one area, but for sure, I, I know that's, that's a tough one. We've had a lot of families share with us. Um a Catalyst, with with staff, that they are so fortunate that our centers provide the nutritious meals and snacks because they really rely on them. So I'm I'm really proud of our organization and and what we do for the children um, during their time of our care.
1: Yes, I I totally that that resonates with me a lot. Not first of all because of what you said um, around the inequities around food, and also just everyone is being so, so busy and being able to kind of count on that meal during some times that can be hectic and know that they're learning those um, skills and habits is, is really wonderful. So thank you for everything that you do, Stephanie. I really appreciate that. Oh, um, well, I know we covered so much and i definitely have some great tidbits I'm going to bring home. Is there anything that uh, we didn't cover any final tips that you'd like to share?
2: Uh, I just, you know, like to, to remind, you know, parents and caregivers that, that eating is a skill. It's, it's really like any other thing in, in life. And, and it does, you know, take role modeling. It t- does take, you know, having patience. Um, and, you know, as change and progress takes time and consistency. But, you know, they'll get there. You just have to invest that time and that willingness. Um, and also into yourself. You know, I think we, we always worry about the child eating healthy, but being that role model. Doing this and and being there in together, the whole family together, you know, can really make a difference.
1: Definitely, thank you so much. Well, we really appreciate having you, and um, we'd love to talk to you again sometime. I know there's there's plenty more to share around nutrition, and um, we'll we'll invite any listeners that have questions for Stephanie to please submit those and share, and we can we can follow up and plan another time to talk. Hopefully,
2: well, awesome. Thank you so much for the opportunity, Allie. Thanks, Stephanie. Have a good one.
0: Thank you for tuning into this episode of Shine, inspiring conversations around children, family, and early child development. Please subscribe so that you don't miss an episode
1: and connect with us. You can find us at catalystkids.org slash shine.